Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we, as we finish up this series on the Beatitudes this week, Lord, I ask that you would put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak this morning, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. If you want to turn with me to Matthew 5 in your, in your Bible, after this many weeks, you ought, to be, you ought to have a good crease in there where we've been, easy to get to. So the Reverend Billy Graham once said, people will say all kinds of bad things about me, but I will preach the gospel. See, not everybody's going to like the things that you do or the things that you say. They don't necessarily understand your intentions. Sometimes people just don't like you, even in, even in church. I don't, I don't think I really had anybody that didn't like me when I was on a Bluebell truck. Just, I just want to throw that out there. I think everybody liked me. It wasn't until I came to the church that I found people that didn't like me. But anyway, so I'm not going to tell you what appointment it was, but it was a previous appointment. And I had, um, there was a Sunday morning that a lady came and she said, I'm having some serious financial struggles. I'm going to lose my house. And... So I said, you know what, I will put it out to the church and see if there's a way that we can help you. And she said, please don't say my name, I'm so ashamed. And I said, there's no reason to be ashamed, but I won't. And so I got up at the pulpit on Sunday morning, I said, here's the deal, one of our own is in need, we need about $2,500 to get her square with her home, and if you want to give, put it in the offering plate and put house or house payment or whatever on it. But just know up front, I will not give you her name. I will never tell you who it is. And I said, no matter how much you ask, I won't tell you. So if you don't trust me to make sure the money goes to the right place, don't give. But if you do trust me, don't ask. You know, it kind of works that way. Anyway, so we, we didn't get very much that morning, about $250, I think. And um, I was up front, the door, telling people goodbye. And I got a message that I needed to go back to the, to the counting room and lady that was over the money said, uh, this is what we got. I need her name. And I said, well, I appreciate you doing the money, but you don't need her name. I said, I'll give you the account number and the bank. That's all you need. And maintain the integrity of the, of the request. And she said, no, you will give me the name or I won't write the check. And I said, no, I won't. So she called Marvin, my boss. Y'all remember Marvin Geyer, right? He was the, my boss before Todd. She called Marvin. Marvin called me. And you know, Marvin's such a great guy. He said, why are you stirring up trouble? <laughs> and I explained the situation to him. And he said, okay. She had told him that I was doing something unethical. And she wasn't going to be a part of it. But it didn't stop there. The next several Sunday mornings, she stood out in front of the church and said, don't go to church here. The devil's in the pulpit. The devil is in the pulpit. Not everyone is going to understand what you do or like the things that you do. But we are called to preach the gospel. General Robert E. Lee was once asked what he thought about a man that had harshly criticized him. And he gave a gracious response about the guy's many qualities. And the person asking him said, Maybe you misunderstood me. Why are you saying all these nice things about this guy? And he said, well, you asked me about what I thought about the guy, not what the guy thinks about me. 
You see, Robert Lee didn't, uh, General, General Robert E. Lee didn't uh, let someone's attitude or their actions affect the way that he responded about that person. He said, I feel the same about him that I did before. I, it, I, it doesn't matter that he doesn't like me. Both Billy Graham and General Lee, they weren't allowing people to influence their attitudes or their behaviors. They remained faithful. And, and they, were, they were devout Christians. That, that's the key. They were devout Christians, and they set the standard to Christ, which is what Christ wants us to do, set the standard to Him. As we seek to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we have to be prepared for others to speak ill of us. We have to be prepared, prepared for people to not like us, people to be mad at us. <laughs> we're in Matthew chapter 5. It'll be verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, there's that word, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. So we're talking about blessed are, the, are you when people revile you and persecute you. See, today we rejoice. The word revile means to abuse or insult or mistreat. And when, when Christ was here on earth, we all know that he was abused and mistreated. They cursed his name. They talked bad about him. But Jesus told us before he left, he said ahead of time, if you follow me, you know, take up your cross and follow me. He said to do that. And then he said, but you're going to get beaten up. That's the way it works. People are going to beat you up because you're not of this world. You're of another, a heavenly realm, and you are not going to be liked. You're not going to be the cool kids. You might as well let that thought go. They're going to be mean to you, just like they were mean to me, just like they were mean to the prophets before me. But Jesus was trying to get our hearts and our minds prepared for that time. If we're being treated badly in the world, it's because they don't understand that we are not like them. Remember that standard. If we set our standard with Jesus Christ, people are going to wonder, who are these folks? What are they really thinking? What are they all about? Because it doesn't make sense. If we, if we do, just like we talk to the kids about, we rejoice and give thanks to God when we're happy and when we're sad and when we're mad and when we doubt. If we do all that, people are going to be going, what are you doing? Nothing good happened to you today. What do you got to be thankful for? But that's what we're called to do. You ever had the opportunity to meet somebody new and, and, and somehow they just seem to love you at the beginning? <laughs> I mean, they think you're a great guy at the beginning, but over time they decide they don't like you. Anybody ever had that happen? Have you ever been the person that like somebody for a short time and then didn't like them anymore? 
days, days there that we maybe abandoned goodness and kindness and courtesy and all of those things. It happens. You see, we're in this space called liminal space. We're, we're not who we were or where we once were, but we don't actually know exactly where we're going, right? Jesus has taken us from who we were and going to make us this thing of who we're going to be. So we're in this liminal space. We don't really know what's next, but we trust and we offer our faith. We believe that God can call us and raise us up, that, that God will call our name and give us purpose, clean us up, turn us around, put us on the right path. I promise you where we're going is much better than where we've been. When dealing with difficult people, we're not supposed to stoop to their level, are we? We're supposed to rise above that. The temptation is that if they hurt you, I, I'm going to hurt them back. If they say bad things to me, I'm going to say something bad back. I'm going to get them back. But the reality is, friends, when you get even with someone, you really do get even with someone. We can't expect to live up here and get down low when we decide to. We have to maintain a, maintain a consistency with our lives and with our attitudes and with our spirituality. You won't feel better if you get even anyway. That's why there's so many people walking around the world miserable today. They think that they can make up for it with anger and hostility and hatred. But that's not it. It just makes us no better than they are. Now let me say this about, about being a Christian. When I say that we are, we are not set above, I talk about setting our standard higher and being higher and doing higher things. That does not mean that we are better than anybody else. We're not set above anyone, but we are set apart. We're set apart for a great work. We don't compromise our principles or our morals. We keep honoring that. There's a whole lot of hate in the world, but we cannot fight hate with hate. There's a lot of ignorance in the world, and we can't fight ignorance with ignorance. So much violence in the world, and we can't fight violence with violence. We fight all of that with love. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, Woe to you, and all people speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. Have you ever been talking to a close friend or a spouse or something? You say, yeah, I met this guy, and I just don't like him. There's something about him I don't get, and I don't like him. Have you ever been the one that somebody said that about? It takes on a whole different feeling when someone's saying that about you. I just don't like you. Oh, Okay. I was giving, uh, in another appointment, I was offering communion one Sunday. It was, it was before, I, I'll just tell you, it was Van Alstine, doesn't matter. And, uh, but my senior pastor was gone, and I was doing communion. And there was a, it was right after I took over youth ministry. And I, I think I told some of y'all, my, my entrance into youth ministry was very, very tough, like church-splitting kind of tough thing. And I was down there serving communion, and this, this one lady, she was so mad at me. She was at the back, and she finally came down when everyone else was done. And I went to take the bread, and she said, oh, no, I don't want your communion. 
I don't want to see your face. I don't want to hear your voice. I don't want to be in your room with you. I hate you. This is in front of the church. I was like right down here. And all I could think of to say was, gosh, I hope you feel better. I hope you feel better. I mean, I didn't know what to say. I was, we can't fight hate with hate. We can't fight hostility with hostility. People are going to not like you. That's just the bottom line. People are going to not like you. Try to shrug it off and give thanks to God. But when we don't like people, when we decide we don't like them without knowing them, that's generally what it is. We just don't know them. If we took time to get to know them, maybe that would help. So I used to, when I, when I lived in Nocona, I would walk. That was my thing in the afternoon. I was walking four or six miles a day. So I think, if I remember right, it takes about 15 minutes to walk a mile. If you're walking slow, I don't think you don't have to walk fast to get that. 15 minutes. Jesus said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. I think he's talking about getting to know someone. So if you go a mile, that's about 15 minutes. Is that, a, is that an adequate amount of time to get to know somebody? 15 minutes. Can you do it in 15 minutes? Then maybe we should go two miles. There's 30 minutes. Or maybe three miles, which is 45 minutes. Or if we really want to get aggressive, go to the track and put an hour in. Let's do that. Can we really get to know someone In a short amount of time. We're going to put the time in, friends, to meet people and to make acquaintances and to get to know someone. You've got, you got to sit down with people and get to know them. You've got to invite them to dinner. You've got to go out and eat with them. Maybe sit down and have coffee. Fish with them. Whatever you want to do. But you're going to have to take time. You can't just decide, I just met you and I don't like you. That's not the standard. We will have opportunities to choose what to do and what is right. The opportunities to show kindness and mercy. And showing kindness and mercy is not dependent on what you get from other people. That's our standard. We offer that anyway. That's free. That just comes free. God didn't call us to compare our life to someone else's. God calls us to compare our life to the life of Christ and to emulate that life. That's where this impact in our lives comes today. How, you, how they act toward you doesn't define you. How you respond is what defines you. Here's a good saying. We all know this one. People who live in glass houses... Stop throwing rocks. That's right. If you have troubles and worries and woes and, and failures and weaknesses and faults, don't cast stones at other people. Now, when you get completely clear of them... It's okay, all right? When you all have no more faults, just fling those rocks all you want to. That's right, fling those rocks. Realizing your own weaknesses and faults and failures, and if I love my enemies, God is going to love me. And if I treat those people who speak evil of me well, then God is going to speak favor over me, right? If I bless those who curse me, God is going to bless me. If I pray for those who mistreat me, God is going to answer my prayers. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. That's what it's saying. Rejoice and be glad. Luke 6.36 says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. 
and be glad. So as we conclude this series on, on the Beatitudes, you know, we, if we go back in Scripture, we can look at the, the, the Ten Commandments. And those came down with Moses on Sinai, and they were the, they were the um, what do you call it, the thou shalt not phrases. They were things we shouldn't do. But these Beatitudes are, are uplifting and positive virtues that lead to reward. Blessed are you if. Blessed are you if. This message of Jesus is one of humility and love and character and kindness and peace and mercy and hope. And that is what we're called. It leads to lives transformed. It leads to, to joy uh, undefeatable. That's a happy sound, isn't it? She's driving her crazy, but it's not driving us crazy. Jesus gives us guidance to a way of life that only gets better share that blessed are you in the name of the father and son and holy spirit amen